Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to today's Outsports Podcast. It is June 2nd, um, pretty much the, the unofficial start of the summer season. Summer starts in another three weeks, but uh, Memorial Day in the U.S. pretty much starts it all, and uh, it's also Pride Month, so we're going to be talking a lot about just the state of gays in sports uh, during Pride Month. And uh, Sid will be spending the the next 10 days um, having his own set of Pride over in Europe. <laughs> oh, we're going to celebrate, let me tell you. <laughs> going to Copenhagen for a couple of days, and Prague for a couple of days, and Amsterdam for a couple of days, so... Very, very excited for that. Sorry, I won't be with you next week, but I will be. Let's see, I will be. I will be dancing on the streets of Prague when you're doing this podcast next week. Well, I hope Copenhagen got a little cheaper. Last time I was there, it was, the food was just outrageously expensive. I remember, I got a a large pizza, a salad, and a beer. It was forty seven dollars. Wow. <laughs> well. I mean, it's, it's, uh, they yeah, have their own currency. They don't belong to the the. They're, they're not. They don't have the euro, and it just everything is more expensive. Even uh, Western Europeans talk about how pricey it is to go to Denmark. Well, it's it's all Scandinavia, I think. You know, it's but uh, I, I don't know. They're not on. The, they don't use the euro, so I don't know how Correct. the dollar is trading against them. No, anyway, so I, I, that was the one thing I found. Uh, a little jarring was just the expense, the prices of Copenhagen, although I just love the city. And if I became a millionaire, I think I'd probably, you know, summer there or something like that. So I know you will have a <laughs> wonderful time. Yeah, no doubt. I'm looking forward to it. Plus, it's going to be, I mean, uh, L.A. being near the equator, it doesn't stay as light out as long in the summer as it does in other places. And, I mean, Scandinavia, you're going to, it'd be probably light until close to, Ten eleven o'clock your time. Yeah, I think it's. I think the sun sets around yeah nine thirty or ten. Yeah, D- Dan wanted to go to Stockholm. Dan wanted to go to Stockholm um, after after Copenhagen because he likes he likes to go to these places like uh, you know where the sun doesn't set. But um, but mm-hmm. I convinced to go to Prague. It sets at sets at nine forty five tomorrow. So that's kind of fun. Of course, the disadvantage in this in the winter it sets at about three forty five. So. <laughs> There is that lovely trade-off. Well, you're, but, I'm, yeah, yes, I'm not going there in December. Yeah, exactly. I was in uh, Poland the last time I was in Poland was in was at New Year's uh, a New Year's years ago, and it was it was depressing because it would be like three fifteen and it would be dark out already and cold, <laughs> and so there are definitely trade-offs to to being there. But you're going to the right time uh, right time of the year, so. Um, wanted to talk today just about the whole concept. This is Pride Month, and I think it would be a good chance for us to kind of revisit, you know, the state of LGBT sports. I mean, you know, I wrote a column uh, yesterday that people have been commenting on that kind of just points out what we've talked about from time to time, but just a good reminder just how what a desert it is in, you know, what you might be called elite elite gay male athletics. I mean, Nobody out in the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, Robbie Rogers, the only person in the MLS, nobody in major college football, college basketball, golf, tennis, NASCAR, European soccer. And we, you know, 
We talked about sort of the positives that have happened, and, and we can get a lot of that, but how much of this is what might be called, do you think, or there's anything, is it, is, could it be called the Michael Sam effect that, you know, he came out to a flurry two years ago and is no longer in football, and one of our regular readers who has told me that he, you know, knows a couple of out pro athletes, and a couple of them have mentioned to him the idea of, you know, like Michael's, how it didn't go well in the sense that Michael didn't make a team. Do you do you see that as being a factor, or is it simply the same old reasons we've been hearing for forever? <laughs> I, you know, I, I always, he just asked me this the other day, I think it's so hard to get into the heads of individuals, because it really is an individual choice. We try to paint every gay athlete with this giant swath. Well, the, the, the reason none of them are coming out is because of the fear of the fans or they're going to lose money or, or they're afraid they're going to lose their job. And I think every person is different. Uh, if Aaron Rodgers were gay, his difference for not coming out would be very different from a guy who's just struggling to make a team. So, but ultimately, I, I think it just comes down to fear. And, and you know, I... Fear is irrational. I, I can sit here and explain to you why, try to explain to you why I love my husband, Dan, right? I can tell you how nice he is, and I can tell you how handsome he looks. And, but at the end of the day, I loved him from the first time I saw him, and it's irrational. And I think the, the same thing with fear. Fear is, it's just, it's fear for the sake of fear. And, and everybody can come up with their own rationalization or, or, or reason for it, but at the end of the day, they're just afraid, and they, and, they, and they don't want to act in the face of that fear. So, yes, you can point to Michael Sam and all this, but you can point to Robbie Rogers, too. I mean, Robbie Rogers got one of MLS's teams to trade the league-leading scorer for a guy who had just retired. I, I, it, that doesn't make any sense. So I, so for, and, and Jason Collins ended up getting a job and, and going to the second round with the Brooklyn Nets in the NBA playoffs, you can point to Michael Sam, but you can point to lots of other examples of success as well. Yeah, and another thing I, I think is just the unique nature of coming out. I mean, when I have done interviews with media people, I'll often ask them, and, you know, I, they, they tell me they're up front, they're, they're straight. I'll say, well, when did you come out to your family and friends and, you know, colleagues as straight? And it kind of, it's a question that throws them because obviously they didn't have to. And I said, yeah. I just I, one of those things just adds another layer, the fact that you have to declare something that straight people don't have to declare. I think it makes it a little more like it's almost like it becomes a, an event that you have to deal with. And so then if you're a pro athlete, it's another event. You know, you mentioned Aaron Rodgers, who has said he's not gay, for example. Let's suppose Aaron Rodgers came out. That would be obviously the biggest story in sports for a long time. But imagine if the you know, a backup center for the Jacksonville Jaguars came out, that'd still be a huge story that day, right? Yeah. And it's just the idea of, the, it's you know, everybody, you, me, everybody has their coming out story. And for me, I was very well accepted, but it was still tough to say the initial words to my parents, for example. And I just wonder how much of it has to do with that. You know, that's another element of the whole thing is that you have to declare for anyone to accept someone as being gay and to talk about them, they have to declare it themselves because we're never going to out them. Yeah, well, I, and, and, and I think that I, I call it the addiction to the closet, that, that, that people who have grown up all their life and quietly living in the closet and, and, and people, people 
get very addicted to that life. I, I've talked to friends of mine who are who are are gay and they're out, and some of them even talk about like almost missing the day when being gay was kind of a taboo and it was kind of a uh, a thing you had to you know be sneaky about and you couldn't really talk about maybe your sex life and 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 that all this acceptance now kind of makes being gay less sexy because the closet and secrets is kind of intoxicating to a lot of people so and i i th- i do think that's a big part of it i, I subconsciously the people don't want to give up the the secrecy of it. Well, and again, one of our I've, I posed the question on my column, like, why don't retired athletes come out? Just to see yeah. what some readers would say. And our one regular contributor, again, who's told me he knows a couple of players, and I mean, you know, I, I believe him. He's not like he's bragging about it. And he said, he said, I guess it's something that must bother him to a degree. Um, but from what I gather, it doesn't really seem like they're struggling too much, and they all have someone or a few people that are able to talk about it and be someone out to. And then another commenter said something along the lines that you said, you know, maybe uh, they like that fact, you know, that yeah. it, it's something like it differentiates themselves. You know, have you noticed that many gay men feel the closet is attractive? They equate it to masculinity and attractiveness and find openly gay men to be unattractive, feminine, diseased, etc. I think the appeal of the closet to many gay men is that there's an attractiveness associated with it because you're not one of them. You can assimilate well because you don't identify as gay, and that's very attractive. They don't want their favorite athlete to be gay, to be gross. In quotes, there's a lot of self-loathing involved. Um, anyway, I mean, to me, that was a point that I thought has some validity. Like you said, that there's something maybe attractive. And if it's like, well, if I'm out, to, if, I, if I'm not totally closeted and I'm out to some people and they accept me, well, why do I have to go to the next step, which is, the thing that I think the easy answer is, and you can talk about the young umpire we, uh, who wrote about, who wrote for us the other day, and kind of why he's an umpire now, and it had a lot to do with an, a person who decided finally to come out. Well, yeah, Patrick Ferber was a uh, you know high school referee and youth referee in Georgia, and he's a young guy, and he was kind of advancing through his teens, and um, just kind of got to the point where, okay, well, I'm. I could see a future for myself in baseball, upper level baseball, but I have to go. I'm going to have to go to an umpire camp. Uh, you know, these are these are long camps. You go, you get trained by some of the best in the business, and I'm going to have to do that. And but but I'm gay. I'm not going to belong there. I'm not going to belong in baseball. I can't do this. It's too hard. It's too weird. Then a year and a half ago, uh, you know, Dale Scott came out publicly very quietly at first <laughs> you made it not so quiet and when he saw the story that you wrote he said he read it a number of times and after reading it said if if this guy can do it then i can too and he decided that he was going to go to this big umpiring school and 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 graduated from there and put on a minor league reserve list and he's up at um, uh, a minor league lead, league, minor league, league? He's up at a minor league <laughs> in Wisconsin this summer working uh, games as, as, a, as a reserve umpire. And, uh, and, 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 and he's 20 or 21 or 19. He has an incredibly bright future in baseball. And, and that never would have happened if Dale Scott hadn't said to Referee Magazine, I'm okay with you. Um, talking or you posting a picture of me and my husband, and and you hadn't noticed it and written about it on Outsports, that guy would have he would have just 
stayed a high school umpire the rest of his life, and that's that's the power of of people of coming out. We I just we just had the story of this Boston Red Sox executive who was inspired by Billy Bean, who was who was out and in Major League Baseball, inspired by him to come out to his team owner, and now he came out today. And we're getting getting emails from people saying this is how inspiring it is. So that's it's the domino effect we talk about, and it just makes me it make this is the part that makes me crazy that professional athletes don't get or they don't value enough their ability to inspire youth to just be themselves. Well, and I think Dale's a good example. I mean, he wasn't resistant to coming out, but I mean, neither you, you both both of us knew about him for years. We never bothered to contact him. We kind of feel, you know, at, it seems weird to contact us, somebody to say, oh, we know you're Katie, you want to come out. We kind of let him come to us. But he never felt a need. It was like, I'm out in baseball. They all accept me. What's the point? And only after he's told his story publicly and he's getting hundreds of emails that he said that when I, I sent him Patrick's column the other day and he wrote back immediately and said, I read it, I'm going to drop him a line. And I don't, you know, it, I know I made the right decision every day just because of stuff like this, that he realizes now the power of visibility. And so, um, like you said, it drives me crazy too, that athletes don't see that they, there is this power and it has, saved people's lives in some cases and it has allowed people to kind of pursue the sports they want to pursue um there was a kind of a funny thing on facebook where uh one of our athletes would come out in the last year him and another athlete had this facebook post that said they're engaged to each other and right I, you know and it turned out they were just gagging the one guy's mom but then the the one athlete wrote me and said i've met so many people because of my coming out story that i am now friends with and list listed off like a half a dozen of them. <clears throat> and <clears throat> that's something that we discover all the time. When someone comes out there, they all of a sudden pick up this group of people that they connect with either online or in person, and they realize they're less alone. And we're going to have the Outsports reunion in three weeks, and we got a great email yesterday from a volleyball player who's from another country, and He's going to drive down because he lives in the U.S. now because he wants to spend that time meeting other gay athletes. He has no desire right now to tell the story publicly, but he just wants to meet other people and realize he's not alone. Yeah, and and, and this is what is making me so excited about this event we're doing in Chicago. So many people that we've never heard of before are coming out of the woodwork. So many athletes and coaches and people in the media and uh, and coming to just just to meet other people, and somebody asked me the other day, what is what is Outsports' most powerful um, most powerful contribution to, to to this movement? And and they said telling stories, right? And I said, well, I guess that's part of it. But the real contribution I think that we make is the building of community, the building of networks, and 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 the telling of the stories is, is obviously a big part of that, but. You know, I know the first thing that I do when when people contact me is I try to connect them with somebody in their sport who's who's yeah. already out or in their state or city who's already out, so they have somebody else to talk to who's about their age or has similar experiences. And and I to me that it, it, that's just another part that these professional athletes just aren't being a part of that that community and that that helping people that Jason Collins has embraced so incredibly. I mean, every time I ask Jason to talk to an, an athlete, he is more than willing to do it. Um, so it, it, that's I just have a lot of a lot of praise for Jason and admiration for him, just how he has totally embraced 
that role uh, of, of being a high-profile out athlete, of helping other people. Yeah, and I know Dale the same way. He's, he's in regular correspondence with someone who might still be in their teens who wants to be an umpire who decided to stick with it. And when Jason was in L.A. doing a Dodger game last year, they, the, you know, that he arranged with the two of them to have lunch, and this kid – basically told Dale, I don't know if I'm good enough to be a major league umpire, but I know that being gay is not going to be a detriment and it's not going to stop me from pursuing my dreams. And, you know, people like Billy Bean and Jason Collins and, you know, Robbie Rogers has done stuff. It makes a huge difference. And so I wish more of these athletes would realize that <clears throat> because, well, the, I see, I don't, here's the thing. I, just, just one thing about that. You, I, you said that a couple of times that they don't realize that. I actually think they might realize it. And this makes it even worse. They realize it and and choose something else. They they choose comfort and they choose status quo over what they know would help. I mean, a lot of the like Steve Strimling, I know that he knew his story would help people, and he ultimately, um, the Pac-12 referee, he ultimately decided to do it. Eric Braverman's the same way with the LA Dodgers. They've known for a while that they could help somebody. They just kind of, they just weren't you know really ready yet. They weren't. They just the, the, the stasis was too comfortable, and then you know, a little bit of a push, and they decided to do it. So, you know, it's funny, you mentioned before not asking people to come out. Maybe we need to start doing that more. Well, I, maybe you know, we I, do, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I do think that um, that point is, and again, it's all idea. I still don't understand the retired athletes. Even the even when the, the explanation came to me, you know, on the thing about, oh, this, they're in their, this is how they identify themselves. There's no excuse. You can't, all the fears you talk about, you're afraid about when you're an athlete, they're all gone when you've retired. You don't have to worry about the fans. You don't have to worry about the locker room. And these days, nobody's going to publicly shun you for being gay. It's just not, you know, in a, meaning, or, or institutionally, if a member of any major league franchise came out, that team would issue a statement that day praising this person and, you know, glad that themselves, they, they would be proactively supportive. So that drives me many ways more nuts than active athletes because I don't see any reason why when you're retired you still don't want to do this. Yeah, that 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 that's that that's the one that makes me crazy cuz you can I mean you can yeah, you could talk about the losing the jobs and losing the playing time and the coaches and the, all of these what we know are irrational fears but they're fears nonetheless. Retired athletes, I mean, to me that's just straight up selfishness. I mean, that's just straight mm -hmm. up I have this I have this legacy. I don't want it, quote unquote, tarnished. Um, you know, I know about uh, uh, a gay Hall of Famer, and uh, apparently that is what he's told people that he just, you know, he he believes that this old school mentality that your legacy will be, quote unquote, tarnished because you're gay. Because some people, certainly your peers who are in their maybe later years, just will never look at you the same way again if, if 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 they know that you're gay or if you come out and and that is and their legacy their their past when they were in their 20s is everything to them and 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 to and to jeopardize that now later on in life they they just they just refuse to do it they won't do it yeah and it's really it's really sad and a shame and but let's let's turn around the other side and see what what positive stuff is happening that even on the top line level it's kind of a desert. There's a lot going on at the high school and college level. I mean, we had – I mean, I, let me just read this list of the – just the sports we have written about or had people write about this year. Um, 
And when I put the list together, I was kind of like fascinated how extensive it is. In, in the first five months of the year, we have written about people, umpire, rower, women's basketball player, swimmer, lacrosse player, hurdler, cross-country runner, tennis player, triathlete, martial artist, volleyball player, soccer player, ultimate frisbee player, rodeo cowboy, discus thrower, football referee, marathon runner, former college football player, surfer, pro hockey referee, and a diver. I mean, it's a pretty extensive list of, I mean, almost no sport we didn't have someone come out in. Yeah, well, football, I guess, was Strimling, and basketball, I guess well, we had Well, football um, player was uh, Luke McAvoy. Um, right. We had uh, the college football ref. But I'm saying it's like you're looking at what a wide variety of sports are represented on that list. of, And that's just in five months this year. doesn't count what we've done in the, in the previous years. Uh, I'm trying to think, is there a sport we haven't had anybody come out in? We've had wow. auto racing. We've had, uh, I don't think we've had a jockey. We've never had a gay jockey. <laughs> Golf? Uh, we had a high school golfer, if that counts. I mean, this, of course it counts, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, we had a high school golfer. We've had uh, bodybuilders. We've had uh, power lifters. We've had rugby players. We've had Aussie rules That's football a lot. players. We've had cricketers. We've had ra- – I mean, you sort of think about it. We, I don't know that there is a sport that we have not had a coming out story about. Yeah, I, I – I, uh, <laughs> Softball. Oh, <laughs> softball. Actually, the one sport we've never had a coming out story is pro hockey, the NHL. Yeah, We've had hockey. NBA – We've had baseball, football, basketball, you, you know, Billy, and you know, even retired players. We've never had a even retired NHL player come out. Wow, that's crazy. Which is and it's the one league that's the, doing... All the sports in the universe. Yeah. And that was the, the one, one I used to predict would have the first... What's that? I used to predict that was the first because Canada had, you know, gay marriage before the U.S. did, and it seemed more progressive, so it's kind of ironic that... That's the one we've never had anybody. Well, I have a theory about why why it's hockey, and I've actually why hockey has had had nobody. And I actually ran it by Patrick Burke, and he's like, you know what? You might actually you might have actually hit the nail on the head. But that that that's for a column later on this month. We'll tease that one. <laughs> well, you should uh, talk to Dre the ref because he's had some really good theories about why that's the case. Oh, oh, I definitely will. And it was very interesting. I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was very illuminating about the culture and everything because he's Canadian. Um, so, yeah, before you write anything, you want to maybe talk to him and get his ideas because he has a lot of the – he has some really good insights on that. But, yeah, so I'm thinking about that. We pretty much hit every sport, but we continue to have people coming out also in executive positions like uh, the guy with the Red Sox today, David. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's who's inspired by Billy, and and that sets a tone too because of organizationally, they can point to openly gay people in their offices. That just makes it easier for everybody. Yeah, well, it um, well again, it's 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 that visibility, and it's what we call the domino effect, right? Billy comes out, which drives this guy to come out, which will drive somebody else to come out. It's just, and that's that's the cycle that unfortunately these professional athletes interrupt they just they they are not contributing a verse on on their verse on these issues and it's and, and it's it's damaging 
It's damaging. Yeah, none of them can blame or use Michael Sam as an example because Michael was his own unique story. And for someone to fall back on that, I think, is a total cop-out because they weren't going to probably come out anyway, and now this is one more reason to say, oh, well, look what happened to Michael Sam. But again, people, like people ignore what happened to Robbie Rogers. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, I well, mean, you're right, but that, that's, everyone's <laughs> self-selective about that stuff. The Galaxy traded the league-leading scorer for Robbie Rogers, who had just two months earlier retired from the sport. And he's gone on to win the MLS Cup, start, start during the MLS, MLS Cup, and win the championship with that team. And it's, it's, it's crazy. But they just, they just want to forget. They, 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 want to, they want to just get self-selecting, whatever's going to contribute to their mindset. And Michael Sam contributes to, well, look, it's all homophobia. They, that's, that's what they're going to believe. Yeah, but I do think a lot of what you said is right, that I think people in many ways are comfortable in their little bubble. And so why screw it up? Why do something that may potentially screw it up? I have a job in pro sports. I'm getting paid. Why do I want to, you know, F it up? And I think that is that's probably as much of a reason as anything else for a lot of these guys. Yeah, well... Um, you know, unfortunately, I don't, I don't see it changing anytime soon. So I, I think that they're going to be, uh, I think we'll be, I think we may be without a professional, out professional athlete for a while, though, though part of me does, it does continue to hope that, that, that what the Billy being the example and what he's doing with baseball is, is going to change it at least in baseball. Cause, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And, and, and the fun thing about it is it could happen any time. I mean, there, it, it, these things usually aren't done on any kind of schedule, so it could be that two weeks from now somebody comes out. I mean, normally you kind of think about a pro athlete coming out, and you think they're not going to come out during their season. So pro basketball and pro hockey are ending. Football's not started yet. We're not going to have a – you know, so you kind of think, well, probably won't be a major league baseball player just right now. But um, – so that's the exciting thing, and then that stuff crops up all the time. And, and for us at Outsports, stuff crops up all the time. You know, we got an email from a triathlete in, uh, you know, in Europe and who basically wanted to know, can I tell my story? I'm British. <laughs> Does that matter to you? It's like, yeah, tell your story. We'd love to have you tell your story. Well, again, we're going to keep at Outsports, we're going to keep telling all the stories we possibly can. And 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 hope that they they reach the people who need to read them. That's that's that's, that's about all we can do. And and maybe reach out to some people and try to convince them to come out. I mean, I I know I with Eric Braverman, I the Dodgers. I mean, I I did you know every couple of years send him a message. Are you ready yet? And eventually he said yes. Well, and we can only hope. And uh, I know we'll be meeting some some people in the conference in a couple of weeks and. Hopefully some people from that will be empowered to kind of come out and tell their story. Um, but, yeah, I want to hear all about your trip to Europe. I've never been to Prague, uh, but I've been to Copenhagen, been to Oslo, and been to Amsterdam. And you're going to – I mean, it's hard not to have fun in Europe, so I know you're going to have a great time. Well, we're bouncing from city to city about three days, two to three days in each city. So it's a bit of traveling, but – the key, the key well, there's an the old key there was an old 60s movie called If It's Tuesday It Must Be Belgium was about a trip through Europe where basically it was kind of that like what day is it and where am I? Um, but that's a good way sometimes to see stuff really quickly and get a good feel for it, and then maybe in the future you're going to want to go back uh, spend a little more time. Well, yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm sure I'll be back. <laughs> I'm sure exactly. I'll be back. 
Well, that's all the travel log time we have for today. Um, we will be back next week, assuming I can find a co-host. Uh, otherwise, uh, we'll join you in at minimum two weeks. So happy Pride, everyone. Enjoy the NBA Finals, and we'll talk to you later.